And we are live. Ladies, thank you for joining in today and happy inauguration day for everybody watching. I'm very much looking forward to this conversation. It was just, Sue, it was less than a week ago you and I first right. connected. I know I've heard the, about Pink Boots for so long, but I never actually, you know, had a relationship with anybody with the organization. So the other day you put a really well thought out post talking about Pink Boots, your fourth hot blend that you were just getting ready to release. And you had expected that when you saw a message pop up for me, you thought I was going to slap you on your wrist and tell you to take it down. And that is not at all. When you subscribed <laughs> that message, I was so glad to connect because, I mean, for anyone who's been in crappy professionals a little bit, you know, our goal is to draw attention to the important issues that are taking place in crappier today, just put out great educational content and help people connect so we can just better our industry. And that's exactly what Pink Boots stands for. So I can't wait to dive into the next hour with you for So thank you all for being here. Thanks everybody for watching. But Sue, we're going to turn it over to you to start. If you could just give everybody, you know, a little bit of intro about who you are and what Pink Boot Society does. Sure. Um, first of all, just on behalf of Pink Boots as a whole and our panelists here, thank you so much, Andrew, for having us here and letting us share our story, our mission, um, some of the events that we have coming up and just us as a whole and some of the fundraising efforts. So we all appreciate that. And hopefully within this hour, we will inspire and motivate some females out there in the industry to join our mission. Um, so Pink Boots is a uh, nonprofit organization with, um, we're based on education. We uh, networking and um, education, educating our female members. And it used to be beer only, but now we've opened it up into um, other fermentables. So kombucha, spirits, wine, cider, meadery. So um, a education-based platform. And we're an international, not just um, in the US or North America, we're all over the world. We have members and chapters all over. You look at our map on online, we're at Collaboration Brew Day, and it, it spans the globe. So um, connecting women all over the world is pretty exciting. And that's what we do is brew in unity. So, um, and I'll introduce myself right now, uh, Sue Riggler. I have been a member of Pink Boots for I have five years now, and I'm a new board member, just got on the board at the end of uh, last year. And I this is my fifth year going into being the Collaboration Brew Day Coordinator for Pink Boots. Uh, my, my leg in the industry, what I do during my day job, as I say, is I, um, I'm a West Coast, I work for Crohn's, and I'm based on the West Coast, uh, repping our subsidiary WM Streetman um, Brewing Systems on the West Coast. So that is a, in a nutshell. Awesome. Well, thanks for being here today, Sue, and thanks for making this happen. Tiffany, you're also out on the West Coast, a little bit further than Sue. Thanks for joining us as well. What do you do? Thanks for having me. Uh, my name is Tiffany Petra, and I'm the sensory manager at Yakima Chief Hops. So I come to you from hop country. And uh, Yakima Chief Hops is one of the largest hop suppliers in the world. Um, and we're super stoked to have this partnership with Pink Boots. Um, I work with brewers and growers on different sensory research projects and um, also helped with this blend. So excited to talk more about it today. No, I'm excited to smell it someday. And thanks for being here again. And Megan, I know you're on the West Coast like me in Boston, correct? Yep, I'm up in uh, Boston, Massachusetts. And you know, thanks for having us, Andrew. So uh, I'm Megan Parisi, and I'm probably the longest tenured member of Pink Boots here in this group. I've been a member of Pink Boots Society since its inception in 2007, when uh, Terry Forndorf started it as kind of an informal 
gathering of collection, trying to find a collection of who are the, you know, the women brewers in the industry, because there weren't nearly as many of us then as there are today. And there still aren't nearly enough of us today as there should be. Uh, so yeah, I've kind of been with uh, the organization, you know, since, you know, since it started, I've been in the brewing industry as a brewer since 2004. And I currently run the, uh, the Sam Adams uh, downtown tap room, downtown tap room here in Boston. Any unique creation you've got coming out shortly? Well, let's see. We've got a uh, passion fruit goza that'll be coming out for our Valentine's Day special release. But of course, like everyone, our business has been severely affected by COVID. You know, for the tap room especially, that we're uh, we don't have you know on-premise uh, guests at this point. So everything is you know is to go in crowlers. So production is uh, slow at best. <laughs> But yeah, we've got, I mean, I've, I've got 20 taps that I can, that would normally fill when, when we're open, but right now we're trying to keep it a little more, you know, a little more slim and have mostly, you know, tap room exclusive offerings. Uh, of course, you know, if there are tourists from out of town or, you know, anyone, if you really want to come in for a Boston lager, we've got that. We've got, you know, some of our core beers, but the whole point is that this is a real, you know, it's a real like innovation hub and a place to try some, uh, you know, for me to get to brew some, you know, fun, unique one-off stuff and for, you know, people to come and get beers that they won't be able to get anywhere else. That sounds absolutely exciting. I can't wait to travel again and visit up North and try a pint with you. Look forward to it. Cool. Now, Jennifer, you joined us just a couple minutes ago. Where are you calling in from today? I'm calling in from Arizona, as is Sue. I was in Arizona. Well, I don't know if I was in Arizona first, Sue, but most recently. So Sue and I are both in Arizona, which is unique. You don't normally have board members that are located uh, together, but we just both happen to live here at the same time. And I'm the treasurer of the National Board of Pink Boots. I've been a part of Pink Boots for a handful of years, and I am a co-owner in a brewery called Walter Station Brewery. It is just off the uh, Phoenix airport, if anybody's ever in the neighborhood. Uh, it's a uh, five minutes from the airport and we built our brewery in an old fire station, fire station number 29. And it's desperately authentic. We didn't make it all gitchy. We just uh, savored the environment around us and tried to elevate and highlight uh, station 29. So it, it looks just like a fire station, double doors, all the sins of a fire station are all still there. So I really love it. Uh, love being on the board. And one of the uh, one of the jobs of a treasurer, well, for one, I'm a CFO by trade, so I'm a debits and credits gal from way up. And I know that being a treasurer and being a bean counter can be completely boring. Um, I look at my job as being fiduciarily responsible and the manifestation of our vision. So the way you manifest your vision is how you spend your money. So my responsibility is to make sure that every time I create a budget and every time we're going through the year that we're manifesting our vision through the way we spend our money. Um, in, in your life, it's about where you spend your time. In a 501c3, it's where you spend your money because people give you money and they expect you to spend it in accordance with the vision. And so our mission is certainly educating and empowering women in the beer industry. But it's focused in four areas, scholarship, first, which goes right in line with education. And then behind that is the local chapters, the local chapter education and membership. So while we do have a national board, uh, we push as much money as possible down to the chapter level. So money comes in, but it really gets pushed to the chapter level. And I'm sure during this call, we'll talk a little bit more about the innovative way a year ago, we started pushing an enormous amount of money into our chapters and into the membership. So very excited to be here and thanks for having us. 
No, thanks for being here as well. And for everybody listening after the fact with no video, Jennifer has an awesome yellow shelf behind her. Just close your eyes and imagine that color is so bright. I don't know what's on it, but it looks very, very cool. And Megan, nothing against your, you know, bare backdrop there, but you know, Jennifer wins for the day. So before we dive into a lot of like, you know, why we're here today and just talk about collaboration brew day, I'd love to learn a little bit more about what made the four of you want to get involved with Pink Boots. I mean, obviously, you know, Megan, you said you've been here with Pink Boots quite a bit, but, you know, starting with you, Sue, what made you want to get more involved? And you are muted. Okay. Famous quote of 2020. You're on mute. Um, what made me want to get involved with Pink Boots is, is when I first, I had a um, midlife career change. I raised four kids and then um, just five or six years ago, I, and I enrolled in UC San Diego, their brewing school. So I completely had a career change. Um, and at that moment, and students were not allowed in Pink Boots. Pink Boots was just, um, you had to earn an income to get in, to be a member of Pink Boots. And now they, um, students may join. So um, and I just kind of felt like I was looking from the outside in and I just wanted, to, I wanted to make a dollar in the industry or something just to join. So, um, I, I kind of followed pink boots, but couldn't be a member. And then finally, when I started making a paycheck, I joined pink boots and that was about four or five, five years ago. And it's just, it's been great. It's just the, the connections and the, the one-on-one -on -one mentorship, the education, the, the friendships, um, the unity, the bond, uh, can't say enough for it. You know, um, I get to meet great people, you know, Jennifer, Megan, our board is awesome. Our members, the Arizona chapter, um, you know, some real depth and, and wealth of knowledge. Has the pandemic provided you an opportunity to connect with more Pink Boots members you wouldn't normally have a chance to interact with? You know what? That's a great question. Absolutely. Um, 100% yes. We, we have chapter meetings now. So we meet um, chapter leaders from um, Spain. I mean, we would never be able to meet the chapter leaders from Spain and they can participate in our conversations and just, you know, it's, we're better together. And that's exactly what we've learned over this pandemic is, you know, Zoom and take yourself off mute when you start talking so people can hear you. And um, yeah, the real connection. So um, absolutely, you know. It's a little there scary. Are how some, there are some good things that come out of the pandemic. Yeah, I was going to say it's a little silly how it took a pandemic for us to all connect more virtually, but it's been absolutely yeah. great to connect with so many great people in the industry through the past year. Yeah, it was a little bit more challenging to do the um, hot blend and to smell and do sensory over Zoom, but we, we did it. <laughs> Maybe next pandemic they'll have that part, you know, worked out on Zoom. <laughs> I'm telling you, that's coming. That's next. Absolutely. <laughs> Don't say next pandemic. <laughs> Well, I, if you guys haven't tried it before, just smell your screen right now. You'll be able to, you know, try <laughs> right. everybody at home. You can play along too. <laughs> now, Tiffany, you're up. So what made you, you know, I mean, obviously you're already working in the industry. How long have you been in the hop industry already when you decided to get involved with Pink Boots? Yeah, I have been in the hop industry since 2011. Um, so I love the industry. I took a brief break and went into the nonprofit sector and then found myself missing out on harvest and I just had to come back. All my friends are in hops and um, if you're in Yakima, it's the industry to be in. Um, so I, I came back and I started working for Yakima Chief and so I've been a member of Pink Boots for two years, but I'm heavily involved in other 
all women organizations, and I find them to be a safe space to openly learn and ask questions, um, to be mentored by other women who are have more experience. Um, it just feels like a great, a great learning opportunity and a great networking opportunity as well. Um, when I started in Hops, I didn't see very many other women. <laughs> um, I would be the only person in the selection room, standing in the corner taking notes. Uh, maybe one or two breweries would come with women. And uh, I've seen that change over the years, and that's really exciting. And I love collaborating, um, designing new research projects, and just getting involved in um, sensory analysis initiatives. And um, so Pink Boots is an obvious good choice. And uh, there are so many opportunities and so many unique ways we can grow. And um, yeah, I hope to represent some of the women hop growers in Yakima as well. We have a lot of them. So um, yeah, I don't know. I love that was my next question. Are you starting to see over your time in the industry more women hop growers in Washington and beyond? Um, I'm not, I feel like most of them still come from hop growing families, but I think it's interesting to see that maybe they go and try to pursue a career uh, as you know, something else, and then they come back to the farm and are feeling confident to take on a leadership role. So we've seen more of that. Um, and I just, I'm still learning a lot of the growers, so I hope to meet more women um, over the years. No, that's fantastic. I think right now in our industry, we're just seeing so much conversation about just making it more diverse, more women, more people of color, and these are all great things. So it's great to hear positivity coming from you in the hop world. Yeah. No, maybe. What made you, you know, you've been with Pink Boots how many years now? I guess this will be the this will be the fourteenth year since you know since it really began. That's awesome. Uh, so, I mean, so you were there in the early stages. So, what made you want to connect with everybody who was just involved in the first steps of making an organization? Well, I mean, at that point, uh, you know, two thousand seven, I was still only a few years into the industry because you know I like Sue was a career changer as well, a little younger and much longer ago. Uh, actually, it's kind of fun little fact. If you watched any of the inauguration ceremonies, festivities today, uh, I used to be in the U.S. Navy band. So when you saw the military bands that were performing, that was that was what I did in my first life uh, you know, so prior beautiful. to getting into. You know, so that, that was just sort of like, if you ever wanted to know what I did in my first life, see it on display. You saw it on TV today. How many inaugurations did you have the opportunity to play? I only had the opportunity for one. I was only in for five years. So I had I, I had one opportunity and it's the longest day of every four years. It truly is because you know your 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 alarm goes off around 3:15 in the morning and that's about the time you get back home after everything that, that goes on, even in, especially in a normal year. Um, and it's cold. And it's outdoors and it's exhausting, but it's also an amazing, uh, just, you know, an, an amazing experience to be, you know, to be a part of just this, uh, you know, the, the pomp, the circumstance, the ceremony of it all, um, you know, that the world is watching, you know, every time. So it's, it, it's pretty amazing. But you know, after, after leaving that and, you know, I had also been an avid home brewer at the time. So when I transitioned into, you know, into brewing and, you know, career 2004 by 2007 I was still pretty new in in the field and when I first you know got connected to uh, to Terry starting pink boots it just was a nice opportunity to just expand my network and meet more meet more brewers because it was mostly brewers at that point uh, that, that were just being connected because it was pretty informal so you know for me you know, I was not the only woman brewer in Boston, which was wonderful. So I, you know, I did not have that any, any sense of isolation. We had, you know, we had a couple of, you know, of, of prominent women, you know, in the community already. So 
the idea wasn't foreign to me, but just I didn't know a whole lot of people outside the city yet. So it was a great way to just expand that network, uh, get to know more brewers, get to know more you know, more women in the industry as well. And you know, as time went on and the group became more of a, you know, organized, uh, organized group with a mission, uh, just, you know, I think the, the mission of education is just, it, it's, it's perfect for this organization and what, what we need to achieve. The only way that you'll ever achieve, you know, any sort of, any sort of parity in, you know, is is through opportunity and the access to opportunity and what provides you that you know that access is is education and knowledge so the fact that we can actually do that is what's what's really you know kept me uh you know kept me involved with the group and wanting to be able to especially now be able to you know pay that back with you know just the the experience that i have no that's awesome so it's thank you for doing everything that you do thanks no jennifer <laughs> my pleasure you're, you're in Arizona as well. When did you first get involved with Pink Boots and what made you you know, want to take those steps to get to know the organization a little bit better? Sure, absolutely. Well, we got into the brewing industry because we just couldn't afford our beercations anymore. I mean, they were delightful. And I've spent time in Bend, Oregon on a beercation. I found like the coolest little thing right in the middle of Death Valley. Who knew my favorite beer was going to be down there? We spent so much time on beercations. It came down to, you know, we really just need to invest, you know, eat your own profits. And uh, so we started to open the brewery, but in doing so, uh, coming from an accounting background, I'm a CPA by trade, uh, you're used to research, right? Numbers, numbers, numbers. And so I was seeking out education and I happened to trip across Pink Boots at one of the education sessions I went to in San Diego, which was a sort of a boot camp for new brewers. And you're probably very familiar with those, right? So uh, we attended a boot camp and in that boot camp, the current Pink Boots treasurer, uh, shout out to Mary Bretman, was um, teaching. And I talked to Mary and she's like, you got to do this. You got to do this. And I thought, All right. I could use more education, you know. So I joined um, our one of our I think it was our 10th anniversary conference, which was a two day conference in San Diego with. Oh, my goodness sakes. I think there was, you know, 200 women, uh, women there for the Pink Boots Conference. And I thought it was amazing. I mean, first and foremost, it was just a bunch of badass women. And I thought, oh, my gosh, I had come from these industries and I had been on several 501c3 boards of women in the, quote, industry of whatever industry I was in. And never had I encountered a group of badass women like this. I'm like, I can't believe it. They're so cool. They drink beer and they know what they're doing and they're tough and they're in a male dominated industry. I'm like, sign me up. Right. Remember, I'm a nerdy accountant. So I'm like, ah. And so I joined Pink Boots and quickly um, became an anomaly as this accountant who really wanted to be in Pink Boots. So I started helping out in the uh, treasury function for Mary, who's absolutely a rock star. And then soon Mary departed and she just pulled me right up into the board. Um, since then, I have found Pink Boots to be exactly what we say that it is. There's just, it's pretty raw. It's it's a group of women. We're women in the beer industry. Uh, it's not us versus them, you know, women versus men. It's more educating women and providing the tools and resources and the connection to do what we do best. And it's, um, you know, if you're going to hire somebody, well, at least you know the entire population of people you could hire, right? Instead of just knowing the men that you could hire, maybe the men and the women you could hire. And then you hire the best you know, brewer for the job. So I really, really love the fact that Pink Boots has never been about women at the expense of, or it's really never been about beer at the expense of other beverages. And so for me, that's what really drew me to it. 
There's a lot of education involved, which I enjoy, but education to me is um, a way to network with people. So there's a lot of networking. So that's how I got in. That's why I stay in. And um, it's a good group of women. No, you ladies are great. I could have conversations all day long about the value of education and just crap beer. So keep saying the word education. I love it every time. And Jennifer, because you love numbers, and when I'm wearing another hat, I run a company called Secret Hopper, and we did a study a while back, and we actually found that women spend almost 6% more per brewery visit than men. So I think that's a fun statistic out there. So never that. the women in your brewery because they could spend more money than the man right next to them. I absolutely agree with you. And I brought that fine fact back to Walter Station Brewery. And I have definitely been the kind of woman that walks into a brewery. Woman walks into a bar, right? Sounds like it's about to be a joke. It's not a joke. It's fun. It's, it's serious business. So I can walk into a uh, brewery, right? And I can pony up to the bar and they'll say, uh, you know, um, can I get you a glass of wine? And I cannot tell you the number of times that still happens to me. And if I'm sitting next to my husband, who's the brewer and co-owner with me, he just looks at him. He's like, oh, duck. Like, because at that moment, I am locked and loaded. And you should hear me spitting off ABVs and IBUs and hop content. And then they look at me and they're like, here's our menu. And I'm like, yeah, that's not what I'm talking about. Okay, why don't you just start talking and see if I can keep up. But that has got to go away. So to your point, to your exact point, that is another consumer-driven idea about when a woman walks into a bar, don't offer a, a glass of wine. Ask her what she wants to drink because most women know what they want. <laughs> yeah, she could be your next best big spending customer. So never underestimate anyone. That's definitely true as we continue to grow this world we love of craft beer. Now let's kind of dive into why we're really here today. Uh, side note for a sec, it's really fun to learn that the four of you were all in other industries before coming back to craft beer. So that's really fascinating as well. But Sue, we initially connected because you have a really big event coming up. And Tiffany, I know you're a big part of that. Can you two talk a little bit about this collaboration brew day and the hop blend we've got coming in? Yep. Um, Collaboration Brew Day is our biggest fundraiser at Pink Boots, and it was created. They were kind of a, a member had an idea of brewing around International Women's Day, quite some about five years ago. And International Women's Day falls on March eighth, so we just kind of put that date on the calendar and started back in two thousand seventeen with um, about a hundred breweries participated and in the collaboration brew and then the next year it was over 200 and then in 2019 it was over 300 and then last year we had over 400 so it keeps growing and growing we we would like to see 500 this year we had a little blip because of the pandemic a little um, obstacle in the road so but um but it just keeps growing every year and then um tiffany was it what two or three years ago yakima um partnered with um outreach to pink boots and became a partner in creating a hot blend for us so um it was originally uh taken upon at gabf where yakima chief would come in and set up these long tables with all these um hop varieties and we would rub them and smell them and then um, create blends and those blends were voted on and then they made t90 pellets out of those um, would sell them um, pre-orders and on the spot market and donate um, $3 per pound to pink back to boots. And that, so I will leave that, um, Tiffany will address that, but each year that check has grown and grown. So um, as our hop sales grow, um, so does, you know, funding scholarships. So collaboration brew day is almost, it's, it's by purchasing the hop blend through Yakima chief. Also um, that you're supporting pink boots. 
and anybody can buy the blend any any brewer home brewer um so by purchasing the blend you're supporting pink boots and if you then can take it a step further and have a collaboration brew day it does not have to be on march 8th it can be any day of the year but that's just kind of the day that we picked it's unity see the light map the map light up and you have 400 countries all brewing around march 8th it's pretty like gives you goosebumps um so you can have a collaboration brew day and then um proceeds some people do a dollar pint some people um, per barrel, they will donate $100 or $200 per barrel, or some just say, you know what, I'm going to give a flat fee. I'm going to give a flat donation so they don't have to count the pints and whatnot. So, um, yeah, this is, you know, we are ramping up right now and um, understand with uh, March 8th that we're still being the pandemic. So some breweries are um, scaling it down and just including their employees and their staff um, bringing front of house in this year. A lot of times the front of house and the back of house are somewhat separated. So inviting um, all the employees in to kind of learn um, the brewing, um, the, you know, the steps in brewing. Um, some are pushing, pushing that date out a bit. As I said, it doesn't have to be on March 8th. So it could be later on in the year when everybody's vaccinated and we're free to hug and cheers and drink a beer together. So, um, but that in a nutshell is uh, the collaboration brew day. We do, you can um, register online on pinkboots.org, pinkbootssociety.org. Um, there's a, a user guide as well that walks you through step-by-step step the process. It doesn't need to be overwhelming. It's just, it's a fun day, it's beer. And um, we appreciate any and all donations coming from it. And, and I'll turn it over to Tiffany, but we can't thank um, your whole entire Yakima Chief Hops. They are such a great partner and we just, think the world of you and I'll let you kind of go over the hot blend and this year's and all the goodies, do you know, the smells and the, the scriptures. No, yeah, it's a kick-ass blend this year, yeah. I have to say. Um, even though we had to do our selection remotely, I mean, typically as Sue described, it's this festive event um, at GABF and there's hops everywhere and women cheersing and it's, you know, over a hundred women in one space. Um, this year we actually were able to send out hop samples um, in advance to 15 different teams. And actually our local, my, the local chapter that I'm involved in helped package those boxes and ship them out. So came from Pink Boots Yakma. And um, we sent hop varieties to 15 teams, that, which consisted of the top performing chapters and then also um, some lottery winners. And we had representatives, women from Canada and Australia smelling those hops. So some great representation there. Um, everyone smelled. Um, the different hop varieties and decided what percentage of the blend they wanted that to be and uh, submitted their ideal blends to us. So uh, then the sensory team actually uh, assessed all of that data and we came up with three different blends that we felt represented the data that had been uh, submitted. And then everyone gathered together in a live event on October 7th um, to actually smell those blends and then cast their vote. Um, so we made it work. I think in the future we could actually make this grow. And if if we have to do it remotely, you know, there are some people, maybe the, those in Australia couldn't have traveled to GABF, but this is a way that we could maybe bring in other people around the world uh, to participate in an interactive uh, fashion. So um, once that blend is decided, um, that's actually just part of the process. Then Yakima Chief actually has to decide which farm lots are going to actually go into the blend. 
And um, speaking of women in the industry, I have a woman who's very close to me, um, also in the industry. My sister actually also works for Yakima Chief Hops in the production planning department. And so she and I actually got to take the lead in reviewing the sensory data, the analytical data, the harvest data, and decide specifically, okay, well, everyone said they wanted cashmere in it, but which cashmere lot are we going to put in it? We want to make sure it's the best smelling one. Um, so... I hope my connection, am I still going strong? I can't really tell here if I'm glitching, but all right. So we actually got to take the lead on that and produce the blend and uh, we expected it to be good, but as soon as it came off the line, uh, my sensory team got a sample and uh, it smells amazing. So uh, cashmere and laurel are gonna make up 60% of the blend, which is pretty unique. That's not how a lot of other blends are. Uh, laurel is fun to see in there again. Again, year after year, it's selected by Pink Boots. So that strong floral character seems to really speak to our members. Um, that's 30% of the blend. And then cashmere is a uh, public variety that was released by Washington State University, I wanna say like six years ago-ish. Um, and it's recently gained a lot of traction and it's known for having kind of some strawberry um, bubblegum notes. Um, and then rounding it out with some Sabro and Citra to bring in some tropical and stone fruit flavors. And then you have a little touch, 10% of a tannum, which is going to give a little woody background. So um, our sensory team was the first, you know, we got the sample and I was stoked. I always have to blind code everything so my panelists don't know, but it performed like we thought it would, um, you know, some nice sweet aromatic woody notes um, with very strong tropical and citrus flavors. Um, we believe that this blend at 11.4% alpha, 6% beta, 1.4 on the total oil, I believe, that, that should really perform in a diverse beer styles so people can play around with it. And, you know, somebody might want to make a lighter beer style. And of course, the hazies and the, the IPAs. I think the West Coast IPA is kind of making a comeback. So I don't know. We'll see. Um, but yeah, I'm, and we're actually planning to do um, a brew day here as well in our pilot brewery. And our sensory research coordinator, Tessa, will be leading that on International Women's Day. So I'm excited to see what she has planned, what recipe she's developed. So yeah, it smells great. I want everyone to smell it and taste it now. And like Sue said, you don't have to be a Pink Boots member to buy it. Like this is going to make a good beer. <laughs> so. You're making me thirsty with all those great tasty notes you just gave. I can't wait to try it, hopefully from my local brewery. Now, I want to go back to like the selection process because obviously you did it virtually this year. When you do it in person, does all the participants know what different hops are being tested in the blend? Is it completely blind? No, I think in the in the normal setting, everyone does see the variety and they get a chance to rub and sniff and they're using the the leaf hops. Um, so it like it is a lot messier. Um, this year we had to send out pellets because it's a little bit easier and a smaller set of hops to choose from. But I think they still made pretty strong decisions. But my uh, validated sensory panel has to assess everything blind. So I didn't want them to know it was the pink boots blend when it was finished. Um, they might just say it's good because they want it to be good. But in a blind setting, they said it was good. That's fantastic. I'm sure it's going to be delicious. So both of you mentioned, you know, all the breweries involved, when they brew their beer, there's not a set recipe they follow, correct? Correct. They have full discretion to brew. We used to uh, mandate kind of what beer style. And then um, that was kind of, we wanted people to have more creativity. So it's just whatever, whatever beer style you wish to brew. So we have a whole wide range of them. And it's going to be exciting to see what comes out of of this year's because it is a very versatile blend. 
what are some of the more unique beers you've seen brewed over the past few years with your blend? Any wow. that just jump out to you? Or Megan, yeah. have you brewed anything really unique you want to share? Well, last year we did a, uh, was it last year or two years ago, it was a, a Brute Belgian, uh, which I which I really loved. And that was, and it, it came out so, so nicely. Just wanted to, you know, try again, try something super, super different. This year we're doing a, uh, we're doing a Saison and we're going to be, you know, brewing soon and releasing around, you know, around March 8th. So trying to get that, you know, with just like a limited, you know, can only release, you know, in, in Boston, but, you know, trying, trying to get that out around then. But yeah, the, the hot blend, you know, has always been, you know, I've always felt like super versatile. It doesn't have to be something that's, uh, you know, totally focused. Oh yeah. Last, actually also last year. So two years ago, it was the Brute Belgian. Last year we did a, a American Strong, uh, just, a, you know, just like, classic American, you know, it's like, you know, American strong ale, not that, not your traditional, you know, West coast, East coast, any type of IPA, just want to, you know, go totally different, totally different routes with, you know, with these like super versatile blends. I really have to say Tiffany and, you know, and Sue, just the, the creativity that went into executing, pulling off the blend this year was, you know, I mean, we've all had to do, you know, don't shoot me for saying the word, we've all had to pivot this year and, you know, in ways that we yeah, that we never imagined possible, you know, to, to make these uh, very personal in-person type experiences be able to happen remotely and virtually. And the fact that, you know, it could be pulled off so seemingly easily from the outside, you know, from, from not having been directly involved in the coordination of actually gathering all the the chapters who are going to be participating and the holding the raffle and assembling all the, the hop sample packages. It's amazing that, you know, what, what, what you all were able to do. You know what, and talking about the cup is half full with the pandemic, it really, the educational component of it and the reach of it this year was, or last year was so much broader than GABF. Cause as Tiffany said, not everybody can fly and be present at GABF. So, we included, you know, we had that educational the Australia and we had the Australia chapter with Spain. I mean, right. yeah, we could have people from all over the world participate was right. amazing. So um, silver yeah. lining. Right. The silver <laughs> lining. So I hope to continue to be able to continue that part where we can do virtual and, and you know, I Tiffany, see how I'm throwing that <laughs> at you. <laughs> I'm down. I think we can go bigger. I, I think we, you know, the, there's something about the in-person selection and I think people really like smelling the raw hops. It's a different product. Um, it's, it's just fun. You feel much more intimate with, with the hops. Um, so I, I think, you know, as we move forward, I'm sure we'll do it in person still, but if there's a way that we can bring in more people and make it educational and reach the masses, I think right. it's to our benefit. So, right. Just I mean, tell why not make a hybrid experience? And it's really good. It's good for member engagement. It's really great for, you know, again, you know, where, you know, people that don't have the access to get to GABF can still feel, you know, can still not just feel involved, but actually be involved and feel that deeper connection to the whole process. Uh, another thing I just wanted to just say about that, you know, the hot blend and the brew, you don't have to be a Pink Boots member, you know, to, to brew the beer either. You, I mean, if you, you know, get the, get the hot blend, brew the beer, you can still support, uh, you know, Pink Boots Society. You don't have to have you know, women in your organization. And, you know, you know, just if you believe in, if you believe in the cause, believe that, you know, we have a place in the industry, then, you know, 
you know, join us on it. Join us on the mission. How yeah, many breweries think- are worldwide? Oh. Thousands, right? Yeah. That's yeah. how many we can have. That's how many we can take on yeah. for Collaboration Breed Day. Thousands. It's limitless. I mean, it's right. such a great cause. Yeah. In 2020, we've seen so many great collaborations out there. Everything from All Together to Black is Beautiful. I mean, these are just great opportunities to put important messages out there to the masses. And Sue, just like you mentioned, there are thousands upon thousands of breweries in this world, 8,000 plus in the United States. And, mm-hmm. you know, while a thousand plus brew beer like Brew beers like Black is Beautiful. We want to keep seeing these numbers rise because they put important messages out there. So I love your dreams to just keep pushing it because you will make it grow. And I absolutely love that. And I look at this, it's, you know, it's twofold. If you look at Collaboration Brew Day, it's an opportunity to network and get a lot of different people involved. And it's obviously our fundraiser, right? So it is our second largest. Um, it's, it's, the, it, it's 50% of our underwriting. So as far as the Pink Boots organization internationally, 50% of our underwriting is brought in through Collaboration Brew Day. And it's brought in through two methods, right? One is passive, which is $3 a pound if you buy the hops, meaning buy the hops, buy the hops, buy the hops, right? Because at that point, you have passively contributed to Pink Boots. And then also through Collaboration Brew Day, because um, a vast majority of the breweries, as Sue mentioned, um, donate a flat fee or you know, if you've got a 10 barrel system or a 30 barrel system, you just sort of estimate and then you, and then we actually have a system set up so that we can invoice you and you get a tax receipt and it, it's pretty slick and it's pretty clean. So as far as the ability to contribute, you know, through your brewery, it's, um, as an old accountant, I, I like the fact that it's, it's audit trail proof. So it's a feel good from that it, it underwrites 50% of, of everything about pink boots and most of what we do is scholarships and education. So right there, you've contributed and it's just to pay it forward. From a networking opportunity, um, I used it as an opportunity last year at our brewery to invite all the attorneys that I knew. And I just thought that would be a blast. And it was, I invited all of my, I mean, I started with our beer attorney, then the trademark attorney, and then it just got bigger and bigger, our real estate attorney. And then all of a sudden I had all these women attorneys brewing beer and it was absolutely a great time. Now, those women may never brew beer again, or they may go back and say, I want to be a home brewer, or they may become Sue or Megan, and all of a sudden they decide to do a career change, and they say, I want to earn a brewery because I have too much money, so I'd like to give it back. <laughs> you could spoken like a true brewery owner, right? Um, so for me, it was a really neat opportunity to bring some really um, fun women and men into the brewery, have a really good time, network with them, and especially like if you look at some of the people that were you know, maybe they were my trademark attorney and craft beer attorney, but they weren't, they'd never like, you know, they'd never like done this and they had never stirred everything. You can tell I'm not a brewer. I'm like, There's, I can only show you the actions we took. I can't show you. We pitched something as I recall, you know, but they got to be involved from beginning to end. And that's a story they're always going to tell. Like that's their story. And then weeks later they come back and they have the beer and they're like, I brewed this beer. So there's the monetary side of it that as a treasurer, it's very near and dear to my heart. And then there's the side of it where I know that we had one opportunity to create a real experience and a really cool story for people. And to me, whichever one you do, just do it, but by the hops. <laughs> no, that's awesome. And kind of talk a little bit more about, you know, when the collaboration brew day release happens at these breweries, that was a really cool example. You talked about bringing all your lawyer friends there to have that, you know, first craft beer experience, maybe, but uh, an important craft beer experience, you know, behind the pink boots blend 
in the in the beer. What are some other cool examples that you four have seen of breweries, you know, putting out a really quality release day where they just get people really engaged? Because we've all seen it when someone puts a beer on tap and no one knows about it. But how do we make people know about this awesome beer that's getting ready to come out in you know in March? And I'll just pop out quick and then and then turn over to, you know, truly the experts on the call. Uh, what I've seen in Arizona within our chapters is it's a big media event. And so there are huge nights that are around the release night. And again, it's a unique opportunity. You're always looking, again, as a brewery owner, you're looking for a media opportunity. You're looking for a night to run a special. You know, everybody wears pink, whatever. Um, I have found the the rooms are full and busting at the seams under a non-COVID world. Uh, but it's a fantastic media opportunity. And if you can do it somewhat coincidental to um, International Women's Day, again, I'm speaking from a business person, you're going to get the biggest bang for your buck because they are looking for stories. They're looking for feel-good stories. They're looking for stories on certain, you know, they're looking for stories on Saturday morning news. They are looking for a story, and this is such a great story. It's beer and women, and they're like, I can do something with this. So from a business person's perspective, um, I have found a lot of creative use of the release or even of the brew day itself to bring publicity into your brewery and then as marketing opportunities. And I'm going to flip it over to Sue, who's seen all of them, I think. No, Jennifer, I love what you just said. It's great. Right. Um, yeah, the, Billy McGovern, who was the president of the Arizona chapter, was um, she led that like nobody's business with the media, getting the media involved. It was truly very successful. Um, maybe getting your local guilds involved as well um, to help you spread the word. But um, there's tap takeovers. So San Diego, for example, has um, many different breweries, as we know. Um, their member base is over 100 women uh, membership. So um, they have a lot of breweries that participate in just in that local area. So perhaps, you know, they brew the beer and then have a tap takeover at some point. So there's a lot of different ways to get creative if you don't, if you're not that close to other breweries, um, you know, to go containers now, crawlers, cans. Um, you know, just, and again, it's, it's probably going to be, well, it is looking different this year because we don't have the draft like we used to, um, or at least during a pandemic. So, um, you know, just, I would imagine a lot of it's going to be to go curbside, um, crawlers, cans, um, packaged goods this year with, um, some shutdowns now, cause every state's different. So, but. Yeah, I mean, even if you can't do, you know, uh, custom merchandise too, you know, we've done things like where we've had like a, we've, you know, a release event and a, a ticket gets you, you know, your first, you know, you know, your, your first pint, uh, you know, a, a, you know, a tap room glass and, you know, just, you know, a, a couple of things, you know, how much is going to go as a specific donation, you know, you're obviously free to drink, you know, anything else at the bar you want, but, you know, how much from, you know, from each of those pints will go, you know, towards pink foods. You're also free to make larger donations if you feel like it, but you know, that, that, that ticket price gets you, you know, a couple of things, but you can, you know, there, there are different ways to kind of, you know, make it, you know, make it a little more fun because doing, you know, I mean, things like, you know, custom merchandise for an event like this, that, that, that's a lot of investment for a lot of small breweries. So you don't have to do anything like that, but you can still offer some additional value, you know, you know, giving away, you know, the glass that that first, that, that, you know, first free, you know, pint comes in that, that, that's an easy, uh, a, a, you know, a, an easy incentive to, you know, to the drinker who wants to, you know, support and, you know, and get a little something back themselves too. And we do no, have, um, oh, on, uh, just let me, yeah, I want to add this that um, 
on the website when you when you register, you have um, access to the logo. We have a collaboration brew day logo that you can use for um, marketing and branding purposes. You can put that in your can art or table tents, your keg collars and whatnot. So we have do have some marketing materials that kind of help spread the word that are um, of use and available to participating breweries. Now, is there any national merchandise that anyone can buy from the Pink Boots website or is that all more so localized at each individual, you know, brewing brewery? Absolutely. Can we just stop there? Drop the mic. Absolutely. Somebody link, somebody link really somebody quick to our really website. Absolutely. And I love some, I love myself some really myself good merch. Really so good merch. So I have some of them on right now. Um, there are collaboration there are collaborations and there, there are all types of other merchandise available on the website. All the money goes to Pink Boots and your chapters. What is your favorite item on that store right now? I love because that I hat, dude. Do you like I the hat? I like the hat. A hat? I like the hat. I like the hoodie. There's a, oh, I don't have it behind me anymore because I, I usually have my Zoom shirt behind me, my black hoodie, you know, because it covers any any Zoom meeting. Um, I like the hoodie a lot. Yeah, there's some good stuff. I love these tanks. I've got this tank on right now. I can go all day because when we used to have the conferences in person, I always worked the merch table. I always thought it was so fun, you know, all that money coming in and all the money going out. There's really, uh, my flannel's probably, the flannel shirt that I don't have on is probably my favorite right now. And that actually is a, a very good segue into, we just had a uh, art contest for our Collaboration Brew Day national t-shirt that will be available online in probably three weeks. Um, we just had the contest winner and it was um, a Austin member. Her name is Martha and, oh yeah, there you go. But um, so we're just screen printing it right now and that will be available online for teams. Um, any team that is registered can purchase that. A lot of teams like to have team t-shirts. Um, and if you want to actually this year, you can create your own collaboration brew day team t-shirt. You cannot sell those. Um, but you're, if you have an artistic one on board that wants to create a team t-shirt and just, um, you can, you can absolutely do that this year. Just have it approved by one of the board members. And, um, but so that's, yes, we do have merchandise. Is the answer to that question. <laughs> I'm excited to check it out that new design you have released shortly. Right. It's, yeah, it's pretty, it's, I, it's two glasses together and it's collaborative. It's kind of, you'll like it. It's, I think the audio just went out for a sec, but I believe we are good now. Megan, I'd like to kind of send it your way for a moment. I'd love to hear a little bit more about the scholarship program you have to help women in the industry. Or exactly. where you can get further in the industry. Yeah, that, that's exactly where I was hoping we could we we would go next. That this and you know the thing with uh, as Jennifer said too that this is our pretty much you know our largest you know fundraising uh, fundraising event to help us in these efforts. And uh, so you know scholarships. That's that's what we do. That's how we can you know most directly and obviously impact uh, you know impact our members positively in in fulfilling our mission to you know to you know provide you know access to you know to to educational opportunities our opportunities are not limited only to uh you know to uh brewing we've really you know made uh made strides the past couple of years to you know to have you know events that are geared towards 
business, towards front of house, towards, you know, towards not, not just brewing specific. I mean, that's been the majority because that has been the, you know, historically over the lifespan of the, you know, of the organization, the, the largest represented group, you know, to begin with. But our membership is, you know, is growing in just even in, you know, you know, diversity of, of uh, disciplines within uh, within the you know the alcohol and fermented beverage industries that we have we have so many you know, we have so many owners uh, we've got marketing we've had a marketing and tourism uh, you know conference uh, and a lot you know a lot of cicerone training which is really useful for you know for servers uh, for you know anyone who's in you know education and sensory is also useful for brewers but but really helpful for you know for anyone throughout that last year we were on track to have I believe 64 scholarship opportunities that that were offered and this year I don't I was just trying to look up to see if I had if I had the final number for what we're offering this year but we're really, you know, we really do our best to work with uh, scholarship partners, some of whom, you know, donate, they will, some donate the value of their program completely, some partially, and then we also uh, will, you know, will uh, supplement if there's a, if it's actually an in-person <laughs> event and it requires travel, you know, supplement with, you know, with, with a travel stipend in many cases to, to make it so that, again, just because you may get the registration for, you know, for a course, another barrier to, to access is being there. Uh, so many of our partners were able to, again, to, to adjust things last year so that they could find ways to have their, uh, their opportunities online exclusively. And we're still seeing a lot of that this year because there's so much uncertainty about uh, when we'll actually be able to, you know, to travel in under more normal conditions and gather in, you know, in, in larger groups. But yeah, it's it's really wonderful to see these these opportunities that are you know available to you know to everyone uh, who's who's a member of Pink Boot Society. And right now, my role is I'm kind of the I've just picked this up this year, really stepped into working as a liaison with our scholarship partners. So I just try to make sure that you know, every everything is everything is on board and lined up. That w find out what they're committing to, and even this year, trying to get people. Uh, sort of you know, lined up with so much uncertainty, everyone's coming back with, yes, yes, we're on board. We might not know exactly how, what the program's gonna look like too, but we're still on board. How can we make this work? So everyone uh, who has been partners in the past was again partners this year, which is which is really a testament to, uh, to the commitment that we're seeing throughout the industry to, you know, to support uh, the mission of Pink Boot Society. And I'm just grateful for all those folks. It's great you've been able to maintain the scholarships through all the pandemic. That's absolutely fantastic. Now, we have a question in the comments. What are the Pink Boot Society's plans to diversify who earn, earns the scholarships? Is that something you put thought into? Oh, absolutely. Everything. I mean, we're it, it's something that that's a, that's a constant, uh, you know, a constant measure. Uh, you know, you know, obviously for most scholarships, you know, we've tried to keep them as, you know, as blind and neutral as possible so that there's, you know, that there's no identifying factors, you know, that should, that, that, that should, uh, you know, isolate anyone from, uh, from the access to a scholarship. But in a partnership with, uh, with uh, Yingling last year, they did have a scholarship opportunity that was, you know, that was uh, specifically offered for, uh, you know, for, uh, you know, minority uh uh, members, so there, you know, there have been opportunities that usually are coming from, you know, an, an outside sponsor. 
we're still, you know, again, at, you know, as an, as a volunteer run and driven organization, you know, we all have, you know, we on the board, you know, all have, you know, full-time jobs. Everyone who's helping out, uh, does, you know, have full-time jobs doing something else. So these are problems that we're not problems. These are, these are the challenges and opportunities that we are, you know, trying to bring all of our heads together to figure out how to, how to address and, you know, what, what's the best way to address this into a process that we want to keep, you know, anonymous so it gives the greatest opportunity but then also is you know obviously as you know as inclusive and welcoming as possible to you know to members who might still not always feel that members within our ranks that still feel underrepresented even within our ranks and i think one of the ways that we've we've been able over the last couple of years to be ahead of that curve andrew is a couple of years ago, we made a decision that um, the Collaboration Brew Day was becoming um, such an enormous uh, movement across, you know, 400 teams, as we said, and across, I think, 80 countries. It was becoming so large that um, it was sitting there centralized at national. And a year and a half ago, two years ago, we made the decision that 50% of a brew day funds would go back into that local chapter, which I think is unique among 501c3. So if you're the San Francisco chapter and uh, Laughing Monk has your uh, brew day and they indicate San Francisco as their chapter, 50% of the money raised by Laughing Monk or contributed by Laughing Monk then goes into the San Francisco chapter. And then the San Francisco chapter can then promote education amongst its members. And what I find is they tap the, in the greatest manner into the, the diverse workforce because they're closest to the workforce. So instead of 60 plus scholarships, what you have is 65 members that all have access to an education and they're doing everything from hops to sensory to, to yeast. Uh, they did one the other day that was based on um, how to cook with grain and there's, you know, how to, how to fight the uh, imposter syndrome. And so what's going on in Boston, what's going on in San Francisco, what's going on in Chicago, what's going on in LA. Uh, one of the things that contributing back to those chapters, 50% of the largest fundraiser means that chapter can now address their community where they live. And we found that the greatest um, obstacle to becoming a Pink Boots member or a member in many organizations is you walk in a room and nobody looks like you. Nobody feels like you. Well, the LA chapter looks like the LA chapter and they know what the LA chapter members look like. So giving them the funds to then promote the education is putting it closer and it's broadening your ability to diversify. And let me add here for the Arizona chapter, we actually this year are part of your membership is to, we want all of our members to pass at least the beer server, the Cicerone beer server. So that is now becoming part of your membership. It's based on a scholarship, but we'll reimburse you for the exam fee for that. And then if you wanna take it, those that wanna take it another level and keep advancing, We'll support that and um, continue to, um, you know, through the scholarship, through the funds that the Arizona chapters raise can give back to our own members in that way. Some of the other things we're doing this year is um, persuasive speaking, um, social media marketing, QA, um, how to recipe for, uh, do recipe formulation. Um, so there's locally, it's, you know, you can hone in on your members and what their needs and wants are. A little bit better than on the national level. So we have the, the bigger, the national scholarships as well, but then um, breaking it down as Jennifer and Megan both said on the chapter level. Yeah, it really expands the just the opportunities for, you know, for the members mm -hmm. that, you know, a chapter, you know, once those funds, you know, you'll know, go back, go back into the chapter that they can go out to, you know, 
different scholarship sponsors that we haven't at national uh, been able, you know, uh, you know, ha- you know, had an agreement with, or, you know, been able to offer a sponsor, a sponsorship with, I mean, there's only so, there's only so much that we can actually even do within a year, but this gives them an opportunity to find something that's going to be, you know, that's going to be yet, you know, at a bonus to what's already being offered by national. No, that's fantastic. I love all the efforts you guys are, are putting into Pink Boots. It's been great today. Like I mentioned early on, I've always known about Pink Boots, but this deep dive today and talking a lot about collaboration, Brew Day, it's been a really fantastic experience. So thank you guys for sharing your histories and your insight. And Sue, you know, we've emailed so many times over the past week, and I emailed you again this morning for probably the billionth time of the week. And I was thinking, and Megan, you've talked a lot about education today. And in craft beer professionals, we're all about helping one another throughout the industry because some advice from a brewer in Virginia can help a brewer in Massachusetts or a brewer in California. And we we just have so much we can learn from conversations. So last fall, we launched a beer competition called Beers to Peers. And it's unlike any other beer competition because what it is is Megan in Massachusetts is going to submit 12 of her Belgian ales. And in return, she's going to receive 12 variety beers from peers across the country where she's going to give feedback on to help those 12 brewers, you know, better their beers or just learn just what they can do better to craft better liquid. And I was thinking about this competition today because we're launching it very shortly. And I'm like, how can we get involved with Pink Boots to do this together? And a really neat thing I saw at the U.S. Beer Open recently was they had a Black is Beautiful category where different brewers submitted different recipes of Black is Beautiful, and they were awarded awards for those, you know, creations. So what we're going to be doing with Pink Boots alongside Beers to Peers is, you know, all those brewers who brew with your blend for the Collaboration Brew Day can submit their beers as part of it and get feedback from their peers. So we're really excited to do that. We'll be putting out a promo code shortly to get more involvement going on. And Sue, I also want to mention with the comment about, you know, just bettering our industry. I mean, I love the funds, part of the funds that we get through the registration fees to go towards some sort of diversity and craft beer through Pink Boots. So we can talk about that later, but anything we can do to help the industry together, I think is going to be really important. So it's been a fantastic time with you guys. And is there anything you guys would like to add about just collaboration boot? Brew Day, Pink Boots in general. Any final thoughts? I would just encourage the um, anybody watching this or on replay, um, female, male, no matter who you are, to uh, kind of keep an eye open for females in the industry, not only beer, um, expanding that to, um, you know, approach us and we can have conversations with you if you're interested. Um, you know, we're approachable and <laughs> we'd love to have you on board. So anybody, um, in the industry that is interested, please, please reach out. There's a, uh, you can go on our website and click, or you can contact any one of us. Um, my email is sue.rigler at pinkbootsociety.org. That's R-A-G-L-E-R is my last name. So reach out to me and happy to field and answer any questions and help you grow your uh, career. And Andrew, thank you so much. You're awesome. I was going to say, I'm a little jealous of Tiffany. She gets to be hands on with the hop. So you have one of the best jobs, you know, as part of this whole collaboration. Today. I'm not complaining. <laughs> well, Jennifer, Megan, Sue and Tiffany, I appreciate you for being here today. I always love conversations like this. Keep doing what you're doing. The education should never stop. I look forward to getting to know you for better. And for everybody watching or listening after the fact, thanks for believing in the mission and thanks for, you know, just being here today. So cheers. Talk to everybody soon. Cheers. Keep up the great work, Andrew. Thanks. Thank you you guys too.